welcome to The Chief Point, a radio ministry of the church in Chicago. The name of this program is taken from Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Here the writer directed his readers to focus on the main thought or essence of a particular section of the word. He writes that in all that is being said, there is a chief point. We encourage you to listen, follow along with your Bible, and ask yourself, what is the chief point? During this program, our phone lines will be open for questions, fellowship, or prayer. Feel free to give us a call at 773-478-0550. Let's begin our program tonight by opening our hearts to the Lord as we listen. Good evening and welcome again to The Chief Point. My name is Marty Robert and with me again tonight is Jeff Fern. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Marty. Well, tonight uh, we're coming back to the fellowship we had concerning the walk of believers as the sons of God. A couple of weeks ago we mentioned that the way that the sons of God can express the Father is by walking by or according to the Spirit. And uh, we had uh, one session on the radio where we talked about the difference between walking by the Spirit and walking according to the flesh. And we came across uh, one verse in Galatians chapter 5, and that was verse 21. And it talked about those who are walking and practicing the things of the flesh. It says, even as I have said before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, you know, Jeff, this verse kind of stopped me a little bit and that uh, I thought this would be a very important topic to talk about. What does it mean to inherit the kingdom of God? And uh, how about as believers? Are we in the kingdom of God today? How does this relate to our eternal salvation and our security as Christians living in the world today? And what does this mean to inherit the kingdom of God? Apparently, as something coming in the future. So why don't we talk about, first of all, is our uh, salvation really eternally secure as a basis for our Christian life? Well, Marty, you use this phrase, eternally secure, and many Christians have discussed this topic for many years. Is our salvation secure in Christ? And we want to tell our listeners tonight right away that if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have prayed to receive him, you've confessed his name as your Lord and Savior, and accepted his death on the cross as your atoning death for your sins, you have received the eternal life. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everyone who believes into him would not perish but would have eternal life. The problem comes in, Marty, is that many people think this word eternal life refers to living forever, whereas in reality the eternal life is Jesus Christ himself. When we receive salvation, we receive the divine eternal life. But that same chapter in John also makes it clear that when we were born again, when we received Christ, we entered into the kingdom of God. Right. Now, this is a, the realm of God's authority. We're under God's headship. We're under God's rule. We've been born into God's family, the kingdom of God. But the verse you're referring to in Galatians is referring to another kingdom, the kingdom of Christ or the millennial kingdom, as many people refer to it, because it's a thousand-year kingdom. But we want to make it clear that your entrance into the millennial kingdom, according to Galatians, is in question, that some living by the flesh will not inherit. But this is not talking about your salvation. Another verse in John, chapter 10, makes it very clear, where Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give to them eternal life, and they shall by no means perish forever, 
and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So our salvation is secure because of the finished work of Christ. He has saved us. We've been born into his family. We have become, as we pointed out previously, children of God. We have a new life. Our destiny is secure in Christ. We will not perish. To be specific, that means we will not go to hell. We will not experience hellfire because we have received Christ as our Savior. And this was not based upon our works, but this was based upon the finished work of Christ. Our salvation is secure. That's very good. You know, Ephesians tells us that it's not by works that we have been saved. It is a free gift of God. So we can rest very secure, very comforted as believers, knowing that we are saved. And once we're saved, we are saved forever. But these verses, and there are many like this in the New Testament, that do talk about uh, there will be some accountability to believers depending on how we live and how we serve in our Christian life. Mm-hmm. And we know that one very important verse is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 10, it says, For we must all be manifested before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done through the body according to what he has practiced, whether good or bad. So this verse tells us one day, All of us, even as believers, Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to have to appear before God at the uh, great white throne. We know that's for the unbelievers. But all of us as believers will be one day manifested. We will have to appear before the Lord at at the judgment seat of Christ. And this will be a time when we will have to give an account for how we lived, for how we practiced our Christian life. And the Bible really makes it clear that this involves both how we live, our, our life before the Lord, and how we served or how we uh, worked. So we have verses like in 1 Corinthians where Paul said one day, uh, he said he didn't want to examine himself or let others judge him before the time, but he said one day, the Lord is the one who will examine me. Amen. All right? And the Lord will bring to light uh, all the deeds of our heart. So Paul does tell us in 1 Corinthians 3 that we do need to take heed in our Christian life how we're building Mm -hmm. and that one day our works will be tested Mm -hmm. and there will be a fire that will test our works of what sort they are. So it's based, uh, this judgment at the judgment seat of Christ uh, toward the believers is based on how we work and how we live our Christian life after we are saved. So we know that there are some very good stories in the book of Matthew tells us that the Lord is like a master who has given his servants uh, some some talents. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is expecting some return. He's hoping for a fruit or for a return on his investment. So there will be a reckoning of all of the Lord's servants. We will have to give an account for both our service as believers and how we live our Christian life. Amen. Well, Marty, this uh, I've been a Christian by the Lord's mercy. I received Christ at an early age as a child. And this issue has been always uh, in Christian conversation every time you get into this with new believers. First of all, new believers are uncertain as to whether they're saved or not because once they became a Christian, then they sinned. And so we're not talking about a judgment for our sins. Mm-hmm. Christ died for our sins. Well, you say, well, what happens after I became a Christian if I do sin? And the fact is, all believers sin. It tells us in 1 John that if we need to confess our sins to the Lord Jesus Christ and he cleanses us. 
So what we're talking about here, the entrance into the kingdom, is not based upon the death of Christ for our sins. He did pay for our sins, and he has made propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, it tells us in 1 John, but for the sins of the whole world. What these verses are referring to is the maturity in life and the faithfulness and service to become qualified to enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the millennial kingdom. That's why Paul was obligated when he was sharing about walking by the Spirit and walking by the flesh to warn the believers, to tell them, we know that anyone practicing these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so this is very important that we understand this concept. I also like these verses that you pointed out in 1 Corinthians 3. If you had any question as to wondering about your uh, your service and your growth in life after salvation, this chapter makes it very clear that there's going to be a, a consideration, a judgment, a review of what we've done. And 1 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15 says, If anyone's work which he has built upon the foundation remains, he will receive a reward. Then the converse, if anyone's work is consumed, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. This verse has a lot of other issues related to it, but one thing is certain. We are accountable for our work and our service after we become believers. I'd like to also comment on the parable of the virgins. Mm -hmm. In the parable of the virgins, the issue became the matter that some of them were wise and some of them were foolish. We must note that all ten of the virgins were called virgins. This represents the fact that they were all believers in Christ. They'd all been regenerated, but some of them were wise and some of them were foolish. In what aspect? In the aspect of gaining the oil. And the Bible readers know that the oil is the Holy Spirit. Some of these virgins were waiting for the bridegroom to come, and they had their vessels filled with oil. Some were foolish and did not have their vessels filled with oil, and they missed out on entering into the wedding feast. They missed out on the millennial entrance into the kingdom because they were not wise. As a young man, we would often discuss as young Christians, what's the Lord going to do to backsliding Christians? You know, we'd hear stories of the overcoming missionaries, the the ones who went to the Alka Indians and were martyred. And we heard, heard many stories as young Christians of those who were faithful to the Lord. And we were always told that they will have their reward and they will have a rich entrance into the heavenly kingdom. But we always wondered what happens to the backsliding people. What happens to the people who, after they received Christ and were going on for a few years, died out? Will they also be given a rich entrance into the kingdom just because they died? And the Bible makes it clear that this is not the case. In fact, your entrance into the millennial kingdom can be in question based upon your service and your growth in life and how much of the spirit you have. Very good. You know, Jeff, uh, some of these things are can be a little confusing, especially to younger or newer, newer believers, and that is concerning the judgment. You know, the Bible does speak about different judgments on different groups of uh, people. Mm-hmm. Of course, the one that maybe most of us are familiar with is in Revelation chapter 20, where in verse 11 and 12 uh, it speaks about the judgment at the great white throne mm-hmm. and that all those who are, even those who have passed away throughout history, even the great and the small, will stand before the throne and the scrolls will be opened. And it says uh, in particular one scroll, which is called the book of life, mm-hmm. and it says the dead will be judged by the things which were written in the scrolls according to their works. Mm-hmm. And that if a person is not found written in the book of life, they could be cast into the lake of fire. So quite often as Christians, we preach the gospel and we tell people they need to be concerned about their destiny 
and will they be with the Lord or will they are they heading toward the lake of fire right. and they need to believe in Christ and be forgiven of their sins and be justified before God. Amen. But as believers, we also should uh, realize there is that verse like we mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 and there's another one in Romans chapter 14 in verse 10 where it tells us that we should not judge or despise our brothers because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one day we also will all stand before the Lord at mm-hmm. the judgment seat of God. And this is speaking to the believers. Mm-hmm. And then verse 12 says, So then each one of us, we will give an account concerning ourselves before God, to mm-hmm. God. So uh, this is something we all need to consider, that on one hand, yes, we are saved. We are very thankful. We have pardon, full forgiveness. We are justified before God. We, our destiny will not be the lake of fire. But we can't overly rest and think that we are not accountable now for how we live. No. We do have to give an account one day for how we practiced our Christian life. That's Amen. why in Galatians chapter 5, it does encourage us and charge us to walk according to the Spirit. Amen. And don't live and practice the things according to the flesh. So that we know when the Lord comes at a time before the millennium, it says that day will declare that this is the day of his coming. And we all will have to give an account and the Lord will uh, prove us each of us according to our own works. So Paul said, even uh, one verse always sobers me up, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul makes it very clear. He doesn't want to preach to others, right. and then he himself become disapproved or mm-hmm. be rejected by the Lord mm-hmm. for the coming mm-hmm. reward or prize that he could receive as a believer in the next age. Amen. Well, Marty, let's come back after the break. We'll have a little bit more fellowship in this, and we'll talk a little bit about the Lord's chastening and maybe cover some of these points again in review. Looking for a Bible? Come to Chicago Bibles and Books right off the Kennedy Expressway on the northwest side of Chicago. We carry everything from the smallest, thinnest Bibles to ones with the largest print. We have Bibles in many versions in over 25 languages. Whether you need a study Bible for yourself or a gift Bible for a friend or relative, we can help you find just the right one. Come see us at Chicago Bibles and Books, 3931 West Irving Park Road, or give us a call at 773-478-0550. You can also visit us at our website at biblesandbooks.com. Welcome back to the Chief Point. Uh, before we continue, Jeff, I'd like to fellowship a little bit. I know this topic may be new to many of our listeners tonight. Uh, we'd like to remind all our listeners that we do have counselors available. If you have questions regarding this particular truth in the Bible, or you'd like to pray with some or have fellowship, or you'd like some more information about this radio program or about the sponsor, the Church in Chicago, you can call us. We have our phone lines open right now. In fact, we do for, say, the next hour. And you can call us at 773-478-0550. In fact, we'd like to invite you, if you're enjoying this kind of fellowship, we have the same rich fellowship every Sunday morning, every Lord's Day at 10 o'clock at our new meeting place at 3915 West Irving Park Road. That's mm-hmm. right off the Kennedy Expressway on the northwest side of Chicago, We'd like to welcome all our listeners to come and join us 
on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go on, Jeff, to continue our fellowship tonight. I think we still need to make this point clear that uh, what is the difference mm-hmm. between our mm-hmm. eternal salvation and the matter of inheriting the coming kingdom as a reward to believers in the future? Well, again, Marty, we're, we're centering around this verse in Galatians 5.21, which ends up where Paul says, I tell you beforehand, even as I said before, that those who practice such things like drunkenness, carousings, envyings, these evil acts of the flesh, these, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I wanted to read a sister verse that's very similar in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, But fornication and all uncleanness or greediness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints, and obscenity and foolish talking or sly, filthy jesting, which are not becoming, but rather the giving of thanks. For this you realize, knowing that every fornicator or unclean person or greedy person who is an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Mm -hmm. I want to read that last phrase again. Has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Marty, again, I told you I was received the Lord when I was six years old by the Lord's mercy. And through life, I've discussed this with many people. It seems that the evangelicals, Bible-preaching Christians, which I consider myself one, were so desirous of making it clear that salvation is not based upon your works. It's not based upon what you do. It's no good deed can do it. There's no good deed that you can do to earn your salvation. Only Christ can provide a salvation from your sins. And this is true. But in an effort to make this point so clear Mm -hmm. and to defend the truth of of a salvation against basically Catholic teaching, which says you have to work for your salvation, in an effort to defend the truth of of the Bible in this aspect, many believers have ignored the verses that talk about our accountability for our work and our service. And we have to be faithful to the full counsel of God to present that both of these sides of the truth that are currently being taught are not right. If you tell people you have to earn your salvation, we say, no, that's not true. But if you also tell people, look, once you're saved, it's okay. You have eternal security. You're bound for heaven. Praise the Lord. Jesus has forgiven you all your sins. You just wait for the Lord to return and we'll all get raptured and we'll go to heaven. We have to say categorically that concept is not according to the New Testament. The believers are running a race. We must have the maturity in life And based on these verses in Galatians and Ephesians and Matthew and many places, we're not overcoming. If we're not filled with the oil in our lamp, we will be denied entrance into the kingdom of Christ and of God. Well, Jeff, you know, there's uh, this this helps uh, helps us to see that there will be a reward in the coming age in the next thousand year period of time called the kingdom age. Amen. Or there also is, to be, to be honest according to the word, to be faithful to the word. On the other side, Paul does speak that there could be a period of time where believers are chastised or will suffer loss. Mm-hmm. I think the best example is that portion in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where Paul tells us we need to take heed how we build. He said, if your works remain, there will be a reward. If your works are consumed, mm-hmm. you will suffer loss even though you will be saved. saved. Right. right. So we know that in the next age of a thousand years, during that dispensation called the kingdom age, there will be a time where the overcoming believers will experience a time of reward to reign with Christ. And we know this is because of their works, their living, their service was approved before God. 
and they will be rewarded. Mm -hmm. On the other side, we know that not only in this age, Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that God will uh, sometimes does chastise us as his sons. In fact, it says what what kind of father would he be if he didn't chastise his sons? Mm -hmm. But we know that chastisement not only can occur in this age, but can also occur in the next age. There's too many uh, places in the Word in the New Testament that tell us things like uh, one who knew his master's will Mm -hmm. and did not prepare, uh, prepare himself, he will suffer many lashes. Then Matthew chapter 25 says, one who is a wicked Mm -hmm. and a slothful servant Mm -hmm. who hid his Lord's money Mm -hmm. will be cast out into the outer darkness. And a very popular uh, portion that many believers talk about, uh, the two who are grinding at the will at the mill, it says one will be taken and one will be left. Right. Quite often we think this is one believer and one unbeliever, but actually if you read the content, uh, the context there, we know that this is really speaking about two believers. One will be taken because he's prepared, he's uh, so so much a treasure for the Lord, he will be taken, and the other one will be left. Mm-hmm. And we know in Matthew chapter 24, mm-hmm. the Lord gives us that story of one uh, who said, one servant who said, "Oh, my master is delaying his his coming," mm-hmm. and he begins to beat his fellow slaves, and he begins to eat and drink with the drunken. And uh, the result of that kind of behavior. Uh, in Matthew 24, says there will be the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Mm. So there's too many uh, portions on both sides showing us that there will be a time, a dispensation, mm. when there will either be a reward or a punishment given to the believers. This really shows us that as believers, we are responsible, we are accountable Amen. for how we live and how we serve in our Christian life. Marty, your point about being chastened as believers is very good. I've never met a Christian who's read the Bible who would disagree that God chastens those whom he loves. And there's discipline. And also in 1 Corinthians, there's the matter of the Corinthian believers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, they were rebuked by Paul about how they were behaving at the Lord's table. And he says, for he who drinks and eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not discern the body. Mm -hmm. Because of this, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep or have died. But if we discerned ourselves, we would not be judged. Here Paul is making it clear to the Corinthians that they were experiencing a judgment, a chastening of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So all Christians categorically agree that there should be a chastening on those whom the Lord loves. But for some reason, in defense of the full efficacy of Christ's death, They have an aversion to saying, well, when you die, all chastening ends. This is not true. In the next age, we may be chastened by the Lord because we are short of life or we have been deficient in our service as believers. And so to just tell people when the trumpet blows and the rapture comes, everything's okay and you enter into eternity with the Lord, we have to say, no, your condition before the Lord will be a very significant point about your entrance into the kingdom. So if you're not prepared, you will be denied inheritance into the kingdom of Christ and of God. So don't think just because the Lord chastens in this age that it all stops at a certain point in time. No, his chastening will go into the next age because we all know some believers are not matured. Some believers are not prepared. In fact, we are not talking about others. We have to include ourselves as Paul did. We need to examine ourselves. Are we prepared? 
Are we saturated with the life of Christ? Have we run the race? Can we say, henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown, a prize, and the out-resurrection, the first resurrection, all these issues that Paul brought up? So, Jeff, you know, this kind of truth, you could say, how should we respond to it? I think the purpose of the Lord giving us this truth in the Bible is not to cause us to be discouraged or cast down or overly look at ourselves. But it should be like Paul that causes us to look away, Amen. to run the race, that, Amen. W- that we might receive the prize, Amen. and to treasure our time as believers. We should be like Matthew 25. We should be the wise virgins, Amen. redeeming our time, taking all the opportunities that we could gain, gain Christ, be filled with the real oil, the Spirit of God. So it does matter how we live. And the reward, we know, is just... Uh, you could say a tangible evidence of God's approval. So Paul says uh, we, sh- we need to lay up uh, a treasure for ourselves in the heavens. Amen. Tune in again next week as we continue our Bible study and discussion on The Chief Point, a radio ministry of the church in Chicago. If you enjoyed the program tonight, we would like to hear from you. For questions, discussion, or simply to pray, our lines are now open at 773-478-0550. Again, 773-478-0550.